I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. With guest host, Susie Schuster. Uh. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm the first person to say J.J. Watt at Tampa. Earlier on the show, from NBC Sports, Peter King, 76ers head coach Doc Rivers. Coming up, Basketball Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal, plus Emmy Award-winning writer Damon Lindelof, and now, it's Susie Schuster. Can anybody sink a putt here? They both suck. Can anybody? Do you need me to come out there and show you how it's done? Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And it is an O for day. It's an O for day on the putting green. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's not an O for day when it comes to guests. We've had great guests so far. Peter King in the first hour, he talked about the tenuous situation up in Seattle He's really concerned. He's really concerned. Who isn't? I would be if I were a Seattle fan right now. I think I would be too. So Peter King in the first hour, Doc Rivers just joined us and love having him on. And obviously now I have to text him and say that uh, TJ wants a couple shooters. He's looking for J.J. Redick or Blake Griffin. (laughs) Well, not that Blake Griffin's a shooter. No, but you you just want a body in there. You want J.J. Redick for shooting. You just... You're not, not sure that Blake Griffin has the ups, but you just don't want him in L.A., so it's a grudge thing. It's a, I, just, he's, I just like Blake Griffin, so I just want him on one of my teams again, and I like J.J., so that's all. I get it. Shaquille O'Neal will be calling in momentarily. This is, the, this is the time where I sit here and get the cold sweats waiting for him to call in, and then I'm totally relieved when the phone rings. <laughs> but until then, I'll just sit here tap dancing and Hey, Susie, sweating. how are you? Yeah, and sweat. Susie, it's, it's the diesel. I'm the Hoopa, the Hyper, Protective Eye Viper. By the way, your Christopher Walken is so much better than your Shaquille. Definitely. I don't know about that, is it? Yeah. So much better. Are you kidding? The Diesel, the Daddy. That doesn't sound like him at all. Okay. I'm just saying. I'll take the Walken. That's fine. The Walken's great. Thank you. The Shaq is not. Dang it. But that's okay. All right. Uh, so anyway, as we, as we shift and Moving tap on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Here's his video as he gets ready for this... Uh, Say it again, TJ. What's the name of this wrestling thing? It's All Elite Wrestling. AEW, All, All Elite, Elite Wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> and he's looking good. High register. He's looking good. He doesn't look that bad. He doesn't look that bad. <laughs> That's an almost 49-year-old man right you guys. There, guys. He looks great. He's huge. He's great. Yeah, that dude's almost 50. He's like the but, largest human I've ever met. <laughs> but how funny would it be if... It was like 15 pounds of weight. 
Shaquille, we're looking at a video of you right now pumping some iron for your wrestling. How much weight is on that you're pushing down there? Uh, I think it was the whole rack, like 200, <laughs> 300 something. Are you serious? <laughs> of course. You know I'm the strongest guy you ever met. <laughs> I do? You Shaq, you're Did looking you fit. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're looking trim. Well, thank you. You're looking like you're in player shape, player ready. Almost. I got about, I, already lost, I lost like 35 pounds. I'm going to lose about 20 more pounds, and I'll be at my 2,000 championship weight. I'll let you do the math on how much I weigh. Please don't make me do the math. You should know that by now. I can't do math. <laughs> I feel like you look almost trimmer ready for this. Here's my hot take on the day. You kind of look trimmer than you did in like 2002. Aren't you like, you look really good. I got about 15 pounds to go for that. So I like to, I like to work in phases. Uh, so, you know, the first the first was just to eat right phase, slim down. The second phase was the lift weights phase, try to get chills up. And the third phase is going to be cardio, 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 running, running, running. I haven't ran in like 10 years. I tried to jog the other day. I felt like I, I never ran in my life. So I'm, I gotta, I'm doing what's known as a minute, minute jog. So I, I walk for a minute, run for a minute, walk for a minute. I'm going to do that the first week. And then the second week is going to be walk for a minute, run for two minutes, and then you know, just try to bring it up. Well, Deion Sanders always said, I've never seen a fat runner. I've seen a lot of fat, <laughs> uh, I've never seen a fat sprinter. I've seen a lot of fat runners, but I've never seen a fat sprinter. Which is why it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That's why I. That's what I do. I do a sprinting workout, which, by the way, haven't done lately. But you know, hey, um, you don't need to do anything. You're a supermodel. Oh, Shaquille. Rich Eisen is the luckiest man in the world. He's he's old. <laughs> Rich is old, and he's married to a 22 year old supermodel, Sports Illustrated supermodel. Rich is the luckiest man in the world. It really is amazing that I'm only 22, and yet I covered you playing 21 years ago. It's amazing how I've aged I, not I, at all. I, I know, right? Uh, and, and the one time you've ever been mad at me, remember I, t- I called you when we were talking about one of these things, and I said, "Yeah, you look like you you lost some weight." Remember when you used to have a bit of a gut? You're like, "I never had a gut." I never did that. I never had a gut. It was just just that the jersey was made a little too big. (laughs) We were just talking before the break about the the big men that are out there right now and how they're all shooting threes. Did you ever take a three-pointer? I I think I'm one out of 20 for a three-pointer. But it it was like like an end-of-the-quarter desperation shot. I would never step into a three. Uh, but I, you know what, what? What makes me happy about the big guys this year is that uh, in the last twenty years, you haven't really had any big guys in the MVP talk. Now you got two guys that could potentially be MVP in Jokic and Joel Embiid. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, and we saw those games on TNT. I think Chris Webber was calling one of them and watching Zion Williamson because he's twenty years old, and I always say that he's the only player out there out there right now that reminds me of you at all. But he's out there, and he's working on his threes. And it's amazing to me, you sat here with me a couple years ago, or maybe you called in, and you were said you said three years ago, I predict the big man makes a comeback. And you were right. Yeah, they're starting to play big, especially Zion. I like the way he plays. <clears throat> he plays bully ball. You know, this league has been a copycat league for so long, but – you know, when you're a great player, you don't do what everybody else is doing. You make them adjust to you. So I laugh when people say I could never play in this era. That makes no sense to me. I would make people adjust to me. I'm not shooting no threes. Every time you shoot a three and miss, 
I'm running right to the middle lane and stand, and then you're gonna have to double and triple like they always did. So, you know, I, I just, I just like big guys to be big and you know just use their size. Just because the game says you can shoot three pointers, don't don't mean you have to go out there and shoot three pointers. Who's your favorite guy out there right now? Oh, Steph Curry is my favorite guy because I've I've seen the best, played against the best, uh, beat the best. And I've never seen anybody do what Steph Curry can do. That's why he's my favorite player. Like when I sit up there, like I'm, you know, people think I'm really hard on the guys, but look, I've seen a lot. And if you're not close or above to what I've seen, I don't really get excited. So, but Steph Curry has always excited me. What is it about him? Because every time I think he's going to miss that crazy looking shot he throws up, he makes it. And if you look at him, he's not. He still looks like a little baby. You know, he's not the guy with the big muscles or a guy that can jump really high. He wasn't the guy that was highly, highly touted out the, at the high school or college. And he just came and uh, became the MVP of the league, has three rings, his team done it the right way through hard work and perseverance. you got to respect that. Susie Schuster, Shaquille O'Neal here on the Rich Eisen Show. You know, you talked about how you talked to players. Obviously, you talked to Donovan Mitchell directly after a game the other night and kind of gave him a piece of your mind. How do you use that? And what's going on with you and Donovan, by the way? I'm sure I'm curious to you, hear if you guys have talked after that. You didn't see what I did? I saw you, what you, you did. Exactly. So did it work last time I did it when I was in L.A.? I was there for it. Yes, I remember Thank well. You. Okay, so so as a leader, sometimes you got <clears> to <throat> ruffle some feathers. See, a lot of people think it's personal with me. It's never personal with me. I got too much going on to make it personal. But hey, uh, you know we're, we're we're paid to be objective, and it's my opinion that he wasn't at that level, but he's playing at that level now. So you're welcome. You know, this is what you do as a locker room leader. This is what you do as as a leader. You you know, you see who you can talk to a certain way. Phil would always talk to us like that, but he couldn't talk to all the guys like that. So I really didn't know Donovan. So. I uh, probably could have worded, uh, you know, uh, worded uh, a little different, but I was just testing out, you know, to see what he was. But I, we have we have mutual friends, so I know who he is. I know about his character. I know he's a tough kid, so I knew he would be able to take it. And he's playing well, and Utah's playing well, and I wish him very well. But again, I know what I'm doing. You may not know what I'm doing, but I always know what I'm doing. Yes, I'm well aware. And you're right. That is how Phil Jackson worked. He wanted his leaders on the team to communicate with the other guys on the team. I think that's one of the reasons why he and Kobe had that bristly relationship at times, because Kobe wanted to be the leader on the team. You were the leader on the team. And I do know and I do remember when you did use the media, because oftentimes it would be in an interview with me, and we would talk about Kobe, and you would try to get your point across. And it was difficult. And it would get him so mad that he'd come in the next game and have a fabulous game. So my plan always works. They they they, they don't call me Dr. Shaq Vago for nothing. <laughs> I'm a mad scientist, Susie. I'm a mad scientist. Oh, you're something all right. You're something all right. Susie <laughs> Schuster here with Shaquille O'Neal. I called you my seven-foot-one security blanket because I don't like to do a show without you. Is that strange? Uh, we have good chemistry. We, we, we've uh, done a lot. You've, you've taught me a lot. you You've been a good friend. Well, thank you. Thanks to Cynthia as well. Hey, uh, I'm curious about all the guys that are out there. If you could pick a couple guys to play with, who would be on your team? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Zion Williamson, 
And LeBron. And LeBron. Yes. It's a strange thing to ask because people would say, well, why would you ask why? But why? I'm just curious. Because you're going to have to double me. Mm-hmm. And Steph and Clay are going to be wide open, right? LeBron's going to get that thing, take it off the glass, and go full speed. He's going to have three guys that's going to be in front of him. I'll trail. I'm, I'm a trail. I don't want to be in nobody's way. So he's going to have two guys on the wing and Steph and Clay. And he's going to have another guy that's going to tear the rim off in Zion Williamson. That's my five right there. And nobody's beating us. Shaq, I'm curious, and another question or two for you with Shaquille O'Neal here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's a strange season, and it's hard to say to you later on, like, oh, right now, can you please predict the finals? Because pandemic play makes everything strange as we just see the second half of the season launched. What are your predictions for the playoffs and for the finals? I would like to, I would like to see Brooklyn versus L.A. Now, just put, let me go back. In the Eastern Conference Finals, I would like to see Brooklyn versus Philly. Okay. In the Western Conference Finals, I would like to see L.A. versus the Clippers or L.A. versus Utah. And then uh, in the perfect world, I would like to see L.A. versus Brooklyn. All the stars, three stars versus two stars, and see who pans out the best. We just hung up with Doug Rivers a couple minutes ago, and we were talking to him about Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons and how they're playing together. How has Doc been so successful so far in Philadelphia? It's all about his resume. Doc has a resume that you must and you will respect. And as a player, you saw when Phil came in. Whatever mm-hmm. Phil said, it was gold because we knew it was gold because every time we got swept by Utah and San Antonio, we'd be watching him in the finals. So it's obvious he knew what he's talking about. It's obvious Doc knows what he's talking about. And he probably just told Joe, like, hey, Joe, I don't mind you shooting some threes, but I think you need to play big and, you know, play inside. And Joe's been playing. Uh, he looks good. Ben's been, you know, doing his thing. Tobias Harris is the, is the superstar of the team so far. Like, he's the one that's been, you know, really stepping his game up. And uh, I hope his injury's not, not uh, you know, that bad of an injury. But, you know, Doc got the guys playing well. And, again, it's all about resume and respect. They know that Doc Rivers knows and understands what he's talking about. And it's so different than his experience in L.A. with Paul George and with Kawhi Leonard. And I think you hit the nail on the head also, too. Young players will absorb more. Because when you guys when you guys were there in 2000, Phil came in, It there, there were some veterans. I mean, Ron Harper came. We had some veterans that came. But you guys were a group that was willing to listen. You have to be willing to be coached. You know, we, we knew we were good, but we knew we weren't good enough. Like, we always had great regular season, big big games on regular season, but every time we got to the playoffs versus Utah, San Antonio, we get swept. So we were like, hey, we ain't that good. So, you know, Phil come in and he, he taught us, and he taught us how to think and taught us how to play. And everything, you know, just, uh, you know, turned around. So I know Ben and Joel, they, 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 they want to win. And they want to do well. So, you know, like you said, you have to be willing and eager to listen. Shaquille O'Neal here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Uh, we talked also in the show, and we've talked the last two days, Kyrie Irving has led the chorus of players calling for Kobe Bryant to replace Jerry West as the logo. What are your thoughts on that, Shaquille? I mean, look, everybody has an opinion. That's his opinion. 
Look, I love Mr. West. I love Mr. Kobe. Whatever the powers to be are going to do, they are going to do. I don't, I'm not going to say do this, do that. Because you can say the same thing for Magic. Say the same thing for Larry Bird. Say the same thing for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. A lot of guys you can change the logo to. And uh, But, look, you know, Mr. West is my guy and Kobe is my guy. I wouldn't be mad at either either one of those choices. But, uh, you know, Adam Silver, he's, he's, he's been remarkable. He's been brilliant. He's been fair. So he will always do the right thing. So when he addresses it, then I will address it. What haven't you done that you want to do? You just started a media company. You shill for so many different products. You're wrestling, which, by the way, don't do that. Don't get hurt. <laughs> I mean, I don't. We can talk about wrestling in a minute, but what haven't you done that you want to do, Shaquille? I want to. I want to skydive with you and Rich at the same time. Not happening. <laughs> not happening. What's not? What else do you want why to do? Not? That's why not. I'm not jumping out of a plane. What? Am, what first of all, Shaquille, Jews don't jump out of planes. <laughs> Jews ride well, in planes. Allowed. They don't jump out I'm of planes. Allowed. I'm not allowed to say that, so I'm just glad you said it. I said it. Yeah. (laughs) Let me be the one to say, on behalf of Jews everywhere, we don't jump out of planes because we're not. No, okay, let's all do tandem jumps. We'll have, like, professionals on top of us to make sure we land safely. There's no chance I'm doing that. Next, what else haven't you done that you want to do? That's probably it. (laughs) It might be. No, no, actually, you know what? I know he's a fan. The man that wears a rocket man suit, contact me. I want to buy one of those rocket suits. You know who I'm talking about? Oh. Have you ever seen him? Yes. Yes. So whoever you are, Mr. Rocketman, this is Shaquille O'Neal. I need you to contact me. I will keep your identity secret, but I need one of those rocket suits. So contact us at 844-204-RICH if you are Rocket Man and you have that suit. Is that what you're saying? Yes. If you have that suit, contact me. Contact me at the Rich Eisen Show because I want to because I want to fly in that suit just one time. Would it need to be custom made? There's no chance that guy is seven one three forty. Yeah, but if, yeah, but if it lifts him off the ground a hundred feet, it could probably take me ten feet. All you have to do is go to Cabo and have some guy can't you know put a lot of things on your on, nope. no. I want his suit. All right. We'll try to reach out to Rocket Man and see if we can find him. What about uh, wrestling, Shaquille? What are you doing? What do, what's happening? You and Jade well, he, Cargill and it, who is it, Cody Rhodes, and a woman who's named Red Velvet. I'm just saying. Well, well, Cody challenged me. You know, I don't back down from a challenge. He just kept challenging me. I told him no, and he kept challenging me. So now I'm gonna have to uh, touch him up on March third. <laughs> okay, TNT. wait. On TNT. Shaquille, I challenge you to do a TV show with me. I challenge you. Can I get a TV show with you now? Is that how it works? Uh, Yes. I mean, (laughs) you heard it here first. I mean, I'm challenging you to a television show with me, Shaquille. You know, we can call it Susie and the Diesel. Yeah, and you can, yeah, I think that's, I'd watch it. Hey, Peacock, if you're paying attention, you know, I'm just saying. I think Susie and the Diesel is is the way to put it. If I could just Kazam it to happening, <laughs> I would Kazam it into happening. And T.J. Jefferson wore his hair up in a Kazam top knot today. Just for the top knot for you today. If you oh, um, you. you're welcome. Um, are you a James Bond guy? Of course, I like all the Bonds. Sean Connery was my favorite, though. Really? Actually, no. I'm gonna go with uh, Roger Moore. No, Roger Moore was was nice. 
Because he was smooth, right? Yeah, yeah, they were very smooth. How do you feel about Idris Elba as a, the next James Bond? That work for you? I would actually like that. I love Idris Elba. He's a fabulous actor. Uh, he's, he's a beautiful, beautiful human being, beautiful man. I always ask my female friends, who's your man question? His name always comes up. Because they're not crazy. That's why. Because they're not crazy. He's Is gorgeous. He your man crush? I don't have any man crushes, Shaquille. I'm married to a lovely guy. <laughs> good answer. You That's, are so good. That's good, right? Cause Very I, well. Because I know yeah, he's listening there. I don't need a and man crush. Quick. I just... You're I quick. I know. Well, I, I try to keep up with you. They are rebooting Superman. We found that out today. Are you going to put your name in there for uh, Superman? You do have the... You no, got the jersey. I'm not that good. I'm not that good, but if they wanted to play one of the villains, I would. And uh, whose name is coming up? Listen, the last guy to play Superman, what's his name? Christopher Reeve? <laughs> no. Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. That's his name? Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yes, I met him at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and he, he grabbed me from the back. He squeezed my shoulder. When I tell you this dude was so strong and so fit, I was like, damn, hey, Superman. He was like, hey, Shaq, how are you? He was a, he, he was a nice fella. Uh, I don't mind if he continues to play Superman. Yeah, he's been on the Rich Eisen show. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Rich posted a picture of him standing next to Henry Cavill, and he said, um, that's Henry Cavill next to the handsome guy. And I was like, what? And I literally thought, can I, can, is it wrong if I crop my husband out of this picture? That's wrong, right, Shaquille? Yes, that, that is wrong. That's cold. Shaquille O'Neal, you always come through for me. Thank you so much for calling in. No problem. Tell the uh, lovely children I said hello and tell your beautiful, awesome husband I said hello. I will, I will indeed. Love you, buddy. All that right. is Shaquille O'Neal. Always comes through. My seven-foot-one security blanket. Goat. Just saying he's a good guest to have on Speed Dial. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Handicapping the Golden Globes. That's going to be up next on the Rich Eisen Show because we have Damon Lindelof coming on. He's going to be our guest to break down the Golden Globes. All that's coming up next here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Good to see you, Shaquille O'Neal. How are you, sir? Before we get started. Yes. If I take this home, will I get arrested? The Vince Lombardi trophy? Is this the real one? Or that's right? the real one. That's a real Vince Lombardi trophy. I don't know if that's the one that's going to be given to the Rams and the Patriots this weekend, but that is a real... You want to You want to lift it? Well, if I lift it, I want to take it home. No, if you... Well... <laughs> <laughs> then I think we're Then I think we're at uh, a crossroads here. Actually, we're not at a crossroads. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Okay, sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I watch a lot of law shows. Okay. I got about 50 witnesses that seen me hit my head on your set. Oh. So if you just give me this, I'll let bygones be bygones. So, so it's a liability issue yes, for is. me yeah. that turns into an even worse liability issue. I don't want to have to call it the Shaq Eisen show. I know, I know that. Just, just I know like, that. All you got to do is just give me this, and I'll put it next to mine. This I'm, is I'm, beautiful. I'm doing the math in my head as to how much you'd be suing me for personal liability as to how much this trophy costs, which I've been told is around $22,000. Well, I'll be suing you for $23,000. <laughs> you want to lift it? No, I don't want to touch it. Okay, you sure you don't want to touch that? Bad luck. Bad luck for you? Or for No, to touch the trophy when you are in it. I like that. Yeah, my father used to always... Are you know, serious? Yeah, he always used to... Because, you know, like when you're a kid, you get the trophy from a local local trophy shop. Sure. He'd be like, if you listen to me, guys, you get this, you want to touch it, don't touch it, it's bad luck, you got to earn it. Right. So, so that's you, why, that, that's why, like, you know how, like, in the NBA, when you win the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, they give you those little trophies? Yeah. I never touched it. Never. I never touched it, and I never celebrated I, I remember Phil did that, too, right? Didn't yeah. you, like, when you guys won the Western Conference Finals yeah. of one of the many times you did? Yeah, I never touched it. I never, never looked at it, never celebrated. This is beautiful, though. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful trophy. Yeah. Do you, do you get a replica? Because, you know, NFL players can get, like, a mini replica of this. Do I, you got, get, I got four replicas. Of the Larry O'Brien trophy? And I gave them to my father. Because growing up, he used to always take my trophies mm-hmm. and let me celebrate it one or two days, and then he'd put them away. So finally, I got enough courage to ask him why he did that. And he said he never wanted me to be satisfied. So after he passed away, I went and retrieved all my trophies from, from Little League, high school, college, and I put it in a room in my house and I dedicated them. So now, like, if you go, you, you you get to see, like, all my trophies. But I would win it. I'd celebrate it one, two days, and I'd, you know, me and him would have dinner, and he would say, thank you very much. And he'd put it there. <laughs> and I'd come back, like, the next week, hey, Dad, let's go to dinner. Like, where's the trophy? I don't know. Go get another one. <laughs> that was the thing. And then you did. Yeah. And then you would. Yeah. Then you would. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen, and we're going to handicap those Golden Globes coming up on Sunday on NBC, 8 o'clock Eastern. Damon Lindelof will be up in the next uh, segment to talk about the Golden Globes. He created Lost. He created Watchmen. He has more awards than almost anybody I know. Four Emmys, three Peabody's, two Writers Guild Awards, and a Golden Globe. And he's also just a resident genius, great guy, and for all of you who are curious about Lost, um, he will answer some questions. Vulture in New York Magazine came out with this massive, massive article about Lost. 
And I'm still confused reading it. But, <laughs> and I remember the writer-producer of Lost comes up next. He will handicap the Golden Globes. But first, Chris Brockman, let's do some uh, gambling. Yeah, let's run down the odds here. So let's run down the odds for the Golden Globes on Sunday. Uh, let's start with best motion picture drama. Nomadland, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Promising Young Woman, Mank, and The Father, Your Long Shot. Nomadland, your favorite, minus 180. That means you got to bet $180 to win 100. I got to admit, I didn't see any of these movies. Not one. So is this correct, Susie? Not one. You didn't see one either? Nope. Yeah. Nope. But I did see something really crazy, which was um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark about the serial killer, the, the, the Golden State Killer. By the way, don't watch that if you're home alone. <laughs> Not a good idea. Next. Next. All right, next is motion picture musical or comedy. Hamilton, your favorite, minus 200. Winner. The Borat sequel, plus 160, The Prom, Palm Springs, and music. Oh, Xander loved The Prom. Long Xander shots. loved The Prom, I'm just saying. But Hamilton, winner, don't you think? I mean, how do you not? I'm going to take my shot right here and say Hamilton wins. Again, I haven't seen any of these. It's ridiculous. You know how we feel about Hamilton. It's so great. You are missing out. TJ, you've seen Hamilton, yes? No, but I saw Palm Springs. Yeah, I you, saw that too. You haven't seen Hamilton? Mm-mm. Was Palm Springs good? I feel like that it was, was a fun it was movie. Pretty good. TJ, it'll change. You love music. I, it'll change your life. Will Please. it though? It, like, change will it my though? Life? Yes, it will. I don't know about that. I'm going to make a wager with you in this wagering element in this segment that it will change your life. All right, what else do we have? All right, here's some stuff that uh, I have seen. Television series drama for the Golden Globes this weekend. The Crown, massive favorite, minus 800. Almost a lot. Ozark, The Mandalorian, Ratched. Ratched? Lovecraft Ratched, Country. like Nurse Ratched. Got it, Ratched. I'm taking Ozark because we had Laura Linney on yesterday, and I oh, love I her. I love that. Great value, plus 425. Yep. Bet 100 to win 425. Okay. There's some good ones in There's there. There's some good right? ones on there. I really like Ozark. It's uh, Lovecraft Country show. is low-key awesome. Really good. Yeah. Really Freaky. good. Love the Mandalorian, by the Man- way. And the Mandalorian. Baby Yoda. The crown, the eight, minus 800. Huge, I know, it's crazy. Huge favorite. Is it that good? I, I love it, but I, I'm going to go Ozark. Okay. Okay, what else we got? I'm going Lovecraft. Uh, we got comedy. We got comedy. Best television series, musical, or comedy. We have Schitt's Creek, favorite, oh, minus Creek. 250. Ted Lasso, plus 140. And then some long shots. The Great Flight Attendant, Emily in Paris, which, by the way, if you haven't watched Emily in Paris, it's so good. That's because you're actually a girl. It's so <laughs> it's so good. I will say, I went to Paris for the first time last year, over a year ago for Christmas, and it's just cool. I just like it. It's great. It's a fun movie. It's a fun TV show. You can watch it in in a a day or two. It's awesome. This is Roy Kent's jersey from from AC. Was it AC Richmond? AFC Richmond? If you watch Ted Lasso, you know what I'm talking about. It's so great. You have the real jersey? Yeah. No, it's not the real jersey. It's actually Ted Lasso. That's incredible. Yeah, because um, <laughs> how's that? Yeah, because I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking to the mic because I'm over here. Like what? 
But this show has really got a cult kind of following. Everyone, it's I haven't talked to a single person who was like, Ted Lasso, eh. No, everyone says it's incredible, changes your life. It's so lot. heartwarming. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis, who's yeah. up for a, for a best actor, he's phenomenal. At first, I was like, the accent, I don't get it. The mustache, I don't get it. My friend Bill Rubel, who's an, an EP on the show, I, I texted him and I said, the mustache, I don't get it. He said, just be patient. It's a slow build. It is so heartwarming. There's a girl, um, I'm trying to remember her name, but I don't remember. It's Juno Temple, and she plays Keely, who's like a wag type of page six girl. She's phenomenal. Page also, six. a page six, <laughs> a page, actually, it's page two over there, right? Yeah. Same thing. He bakes biscuits. It's not a giveaway. I'm not giving anything away, but there's biscuits in the, uh, in the box I got from Apple for this. It's not like they gave it to me. I flat out asked for it because I really just wanted this mug. And Jason Sudeikis is going to come on the Rich Eisen show that I booked in advance for April. I'm just saying before the Emmys, but we're talking Golden Globes. What else do we have, Brockman? All right, last one. Television uh, limited series or motion picture. Have seen a bunch of these. Uh, Queen's Gambit, your favorite, minus 200. Unorthodox, Small Acts, The Undoing, and Normal People. You watch any of these? How many of these do you see? You didn't watch The Undoing? I want to. <laughs> Chris, I have three kids. No, I totally get it, but they go I'm to so bed at tired. some point, right? They, I go to bed right after they go to bed. By the way, I have one kid. Totally feel you. I, I'm ready right? for bed as soon as he's out. It's Seven it's o'clock, I'm like, it's over. If there's a sex in the city rerun, sometimes I'm stuck. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly, I watched every single... I devoured Shit's Creek. Yep. Devoured it. Never saw it. Oh, TJ, come on. I hear it's good. It's so so wonderful. And then we just binged Ted Lasso. Yeah. So I've gotten... Also, life is so stressful, I need a comedy at night. I can't take stress at night. Yeah. Hence the I'll be gone in the dark mistake that I made. Which, by the way, if you're stressed out at all in life, you might not want to do that. So... I tried watching Normal People. I heard it was good. I've heard it's amazing. But it was just, it was hard for me personally to relate to a bunch of teenagers living in Ireland. Like, I just couldn't really. I wonder why. It's just such a strange. Just so I I didn't get through it. Don't worry. I can't either. Emily in Paris, people. Emily in Paris. You want a fun, light, laugh show before you go to bed? Boom. You want something to make you go, what did I just see? Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah, because that's supposed to be bananas. Oh, it's insane. Don't watch that Cecil Hotel documentary before bed. I feel like I'm in a tennis match. I'm going back and forth between the two of you. (laughs) That thing was so crazy. (laughs) I I would love to have a chance to watch all of those. It's just a question of, like, now I am going through Ozark, so I've got to go back to that. Oh, nice. Where are you? Are you all caught up on Ozark? Nope. Okay. But I'm getting there. Get, you know no, why? Get there. You know what you don't want your kids to do? Get there. Walk in during Ozark. No, they <laughs> do not. No, We already have a kid not. who's afraid of some cartoons. Forget about, like, he can't watch some animation. I don't think Ozark is maybe uh, uh, apropos for, for a kid. Ozark, not kid-friendly. <laughs> but Damon Lindelof will help us break this stuff down. Damon Lindelof, who wrote and produced Lost, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, created, the, created Watchmen, and that one awards galore and he's got a great looking war chest so when we come back here on the rich eisen show damon lindelof breaks down the golden globes coming up this sunday on nbc i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. most important thing in that game was that Jim never allowed it to be a two-goal game. And that kept the U.S. in the game and enabled the tying goal to be scored and, of course, the Arruzzioni goal. And then it just got crazy. How many times do you win a game when the team is outshot 39 to 16? So that was, that was, <laughs> nobody anticipated what took place. What Herb Brooks was able to do was to take each and every one of us and get us to that spot. And he was our confidence. The part that he loved best, if I was willing to give up being an Olympian to support my family, I was just the type of guy he wanted, right? And so here's what he said to me. He goes, can you do your job? I said, yeah, I can. He says, okay, I'm gonna help you, dad. And he got a loan from my, my family. Nobody knows that. And he, what he did is he got me at a, a comfort level so that I could go out and do what I want to do. What is it like? I mean, is it is it what you had hoped, imagined it would be? There's no better feeling. I mean, I, I have to say that, that, that marrying my wife and the birth of our kids right. um, <laughs> was uh, the best moments. But my wife and I are both on the boat with Bruce and some people at the parade. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, oh, uh, this might be better now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> how'd that go over? How'd that, how'd that land? How'd you that know land? what? She agreed. It was all, the, the Weddings can always be stressful. Did you drop your phone in the water? My phone is at the bottom of the Tampa River. <laughs> I, I pulled out my phone to, to go live, which I never do. At the corner of my eye, like, I think I see Scotty start to kind of stumble. I, I can't let Scotty go into the water. You know, we can't get another Scotty. We can't lose him out here. <laughs> and, uh, and my phone got knocked out of my hand and went right to the water. And it was like boat motion. Like, I was like, no. That doesn't bode well for the next trophy toss. It's a lot easier to get a new phone than a new Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> shorts are getting yeah. a lot shorter. You guys fought for long shorts, right, as the Fab Five. But now these guys are wearing, like, shorts right. that are, like, bike right. shorts. Hell, you know what? You're just stomping on the legacy. When I'm seeing you rolling your shorts up and <laughs> you know, you're showing all your thighs. And, Thigh you know, meat, Juwan. I'm like, come on, bro. You're just killing the legs. <laughs> the progress cannot be rolled back, Juwan. We've got to, on this show, we will stand in unison with you and the Fab Five legacy. We cannot see more thigh meat nah. in college basketball. I want my shorts no. to touch my knee. I want my shorts touching right. my knee. Blake Shelton, before he sings his song, says, I just want to say something to you, Rich. Okay. He's come up with a jingle for the show. When it comes to football, he sure is a wise <laughs> Turning around. Turning my chair. <laughs> I want you, Blake Shelton. Back on the Rich Eisen Show for one more segment. I have to give my chair back on Monday, which is a total drag. <laughs> I might not. 
But I'm just saying, you know, I might stay put for a little while. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Before we get to Damon Lindelof, I just want to say happy birthday to Marshall Falk. Because he's out there. He's in Mexico. We love you, Marshall. Happy birthday. Absolutely. Had to throw that out there first. Damon Lindelof joins us now. Of course, I told you guys, I always book with my friends, so I feel comfortable when I come on and do the show. And Damon's going to come on right now. Hi, Damon. Are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Thank you for oh, joining God. us today. To uh, I know, because wouldn't it be awful if it was like <laughs> static? And- it's like it's a new thing that we say in the pandemic. Can you hear me? Am I muted? Am, am, am I? Uh, it's it's a thing. So it's so nice to hear your voice. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. We wanted you to come on, or I wanted you to come on to be my handicapper for the Golden Globes. Uh, Obviously, because you know something about writing the greatest television in the world, both in Lost and the Leftovers, Watchmen. But before we talk TV, walk me through your childhood as a Yankees fan. I was born in New Jersey, um, in northern New Jersey, just over the George Washington Bridge. So both my folks worked in Manhattan. My mom was a, a public school teacher in Harlem, and my dad worked for Citibank. And as New Jer- as you're aware, New Jersey does not have a professional um, baseball team. We have the New Jersey Devils, but, uh, but, but that's about it. And so you have to choose whether you're a Mets fan or a Yankees fan. My father did not know anything about sports or care about sports. I don't think he literally knew that there were nine innings in a baseball game. Um, and my mom realized that this would be a deficit for a young uh, boy growing up um, in, in the world. And so she curated sports for me and brought me to games. And the first game that she brought me to was a Yankees game. So I, I became enamored of the, of the Yankees in the late seventies, which was a very exciting time to be a Yankees fan. Um, and, Mostly, you know, my my gateway um, into the Yankees was Reggie Jackson. So uh, um, I was just immensely um, uh, enamored with with Mr. October, and um, and so that was the beginning of uh, what has become a forty seven year love affair with the uh, with the New York Yankees. And uh, I love the Dodgers too. I moved out to to L A. in um, in uh, the early nineties, and obviously they have Brooklyn roots, but. If and when the Yankees play the Dodgers, I, I find myself rooting for the Yankees. So that's, uh, that's, that's the long and short of it. What's your idea of a, of a perfect sports movie or a perfect sports show? Oh, man. Well, Friday Night Lights is the gold standard. I actually have um, a, my, my fandom for that show is, um, is off the charts. And, uh, and I talked about it obsessively over the course of the last decade. And so they're... Um, their art department actually heard me blathering on and on about how much I loved it. So I have a clear heart, a full eyes, clear heart, can't lose, uh, you know, replica over my, over the door to my office. And I tap it whenever I come in in the morning. So I think that's the, that's the quintessential sports TV show for me. And I think like the natural is probably my favorite, um, uh, sports movie. Although, you know, there, I have a, there's a special place in my heart for Hoosiers as well. Um, those are like both movies that were kind of running over and over again on, on HBO in the early days before, you know, VCRs had proliferated and you would watch a movie 85 times. So I, I, I know both of those movies pretty much chapter and verse. Emmy award-winning writer and producer Damon Lindelof from Lost, Leftovers, Watchmen joins us now on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster, in for Rich. 
You and I joked around about Tom Brady and his preparation for the Super Bowl. What struck oh you as most interesting about the way he got ready? Look, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan as well. So it, the, um, from the moment that Bill Parcells left to go to New England, I hated the Patriots, and so this is nothing against Tom Brady personally because he was a Patriot for so long. Um, and I, I can acknowledge that he is an incredible football player, if not the goat. But um, but I do I do feel there's a part of me as a father that you shouldn't be able to send your children away um, as an excuse for excellence in any field. And so when I heard that he he sent his kids packing um, this this latest uh, for this latest Super Bowl so that he could kind of get in the uh, the appropriate headspace to win the game, I was like. Do you know what would happen to me if I said to my wife, we need to send our son away for a couple of weeks because I'm writing this episode of television and it's really important because it's a finale? Like, I, I just, I, I, I kind of feel like if you have to send your kids away, you're not really that great. You know, like how distracting are your kids? Just, just tell them to keep it down a little, I guess. Well, knowing your wife, I don't think that would be a very successful conversation, but that's neither here nor there. It's something yeah. I love to say all the time. All, all, all love for Heidi. And by the way, I don't want to be married to someone who lets me send my children away um, so that I so that I can excel. Which is an excellent point of that. Watchmen, a lot of people are wondering why you're done. Was there any thought in your mind to come back? No, I mean, I, I love Watchmen. I have loved it since the mid-80s when it first came out as a comic book. And I think that, like, there's now an entire generation of filmmakers and storytellers who were fans of the original, and now we kind of get to do our spin on it. And I'm a huge comic book nerd, so there's a, leg- you know, there's a legacy and an expectation in comic books that a writer comes in and does what's called a run and like on a on a character so you know someone comes in and does batman for a year or two and then they move on and so on and so forth and alan moore who is the writer um and dave gibbons who is the artist of watchmen um they both did incredible runs on a number of uh, iconic characters swamp thing batman green lantern superman uh etc and then they left and then other writers came in and so i made it pretty clear from the jump that i was you know, that me and the, my creative partners, the incredible writers and directors and storytellers on Watchmen, that we were just going to put it all into this one season, you know, like uh, to use the sports metaphor, it's sort of like we're going all the way. We're going to leave everything on the field. We're not going to save anything for later. This is not a team building scenario where like, let's just let's just let's just go out and try to win every single game and play um, play our best ball. And, and we we did. We, by the end of that, we were exhausted, but I do feel like we crafted a season that had a beginning, middle, and end. And I've been, you know, um, pretty consistent in saying, now Watchmen, now the doors to the factory are open. Anybody who wants to come in, I'll show them around and, and say, here's how the machinery works. But I, but I'm, I, I kind of, I think it would be more exciting if people came in and said, like, I don't want to make it in this factory. I'm kind of building my own. So my hope is that we'll all get to see more Watchmen you know, it, uh, that it doesn't take 30 years to see more Watchmen, but I, I don't think it should be made by me. But it wouldn't, could it go on with Regina, but not with you? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I mean, you know, why not? Like, uh, that, that, that's kind of up to Regina, but I, but I do think, like, you know, look at the Marvel movies, you know, John Favreau uh, directed Iron Man, um, which was sort of like the pilot for all of those great 
Marvel movies, but by the time you get to Avengers Infinity War and uh, Endgame, now the Russo brothers are directing it, and in, inside of there you have Ryan Coogler directing, you know, in my opinion, probably the best uh, Marvel movie, Black Panther, and so he has creative stewardship over that character, but, you know, it's it, um, like... This is the way that comic book storytelling works is, you know, those actors are going to get to work with a bunch of different writers and directors, and they it's their responsibility to maintain the sort of, you know, continuity and integrity of the character as, as they move forward. So, you know, Chris, uh, Chris Nolan made a number of great Batman movies, but he's not the only one who can make Batman movies, and if Christian Bale wants to make a, a Batman movie with another filmmaker, he sh- should be able to. Damon Lindelof here on the Rich Eisen Show. Damon, what's next for you? Well, I am uh, I'm working on a couple of different um, TV projects at a slightly higher altitude than I'm used to, and by that I mean I'm I'm more interested in in forming creative partnerships with uh, younger storytellers who haven't really had their chance to pilot the ship themselves. Um, I, I, I got my first crack at running the show when I was 30 years old, and J.J. Abrams gave me that opportunity, and I kind of feel like I, it's my turn to return the favor. And I also feel like the older I get, the more uh, obstinate I get or set in my ways, and the best way to shake, shake myself out of that, that, that ridiculous notion that I know what I'm doing is to um, is to sort of learn from uh, from younger artists who are coming up in the world. So hopefully, um, I haven't been as productive during the pandemic as as some of my peers have, or I wish that I had been. But um, you know, uh, I've got a couple of things that are moving from the back burner to the front burner. Hopefully, we'll be able to announce some some point in the late spring, early summer. I love how nonchalantly you say, oh, I ran a show. It was lost. It was amazing. <laughs> it's epic. It's the source of nonstop conversation. Yesterday, Vulture came out in New York Magazine, the Vulture article about Lost, and people still get so angry about the ending. Does that still surprise you how passionate people are about the ending of Lost? You know, it's actually really... It, it, it in the in the short term, obviously, I had the you know the hubris to think that I could write something that everyone would love. Um, and over time, I've I've come to learn that that was impossible. But more importantly, like the fact that anyone is still talking about it, you know, the finale aired in 2010, and so that the finale aired 11 years ago, and the show started in 2004, so 16, 17 years ago. The fact that anybody's talking about it at all is immensely gratifying to me, no matter what they have to say. And one of the things that I understand, you know, to circle back to sports, is like, is what it means to be a fan. And so I, as a Jets fan, am allowed to talk incessantly about how much the Jets, how terrible they are and how badly they suck and all the wrong decisions they're making. But I love the Jets. And, um, and I think that that's a part of fandom, too. And so the idea that people didn't like the finale, but they still loved Lost, um, or they think that, that I'm a hack, but they still watched 120 hours of the show, I actually do take, um, like, that, that, that warms my heart as opposed to chills it. Um, I, I, I have a much different perspective on fandom in general than I did at the time that Lost ended. And considering there's so much incredible TV out there, not just that's on right now, but that has been made over the course of the last 
you know, 30, 40 years, the golden age of television or the new golden age of television, the fact that Lost is in the conversation, that it's remembered as opposed to um, faded away, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Speaking of Golden, what's your take on the Golden Globes there on NBC this Sunday at 8 Eastern Time? What has been your favorite watch this year? What are you looking at? And both, uh, we have a minute and a half left, so we'll say both in, maybe should we say like drama and comedy, unless there's an actor or actress that you love. First off, I just have to say that was like an A-list segue that you just did. Speaking of Golden, pivoting to the Golden Globes. I mean, Rich could never do that. That was good, right? Never do that. I'm not going mean, to lie, Don. But I'm not going to lie. Don's in my ear, and he threw that out. So I'm going to give him credit because right. it was good, All right? right? Well, it was good. A A A A list segue. Very nice. Um, Golden Globes. I mean, like, how much energy should we put into this? Because it's not the Oscars. It's not. It's not a jury of our peers. The Globes are are are, are coming to task for not having any members, uh, any black members in the HFPA. Hopefully, they're going to change that. So that needs to be said. Um, but I think that, like in the in the in the movie category for drama, it's um it's a duel between Trial of the Chicago Seven and Nomadland. I, I personally thought Nomadland was an incredibly beautiful movie. Uh, my wife and I loved it, so I think it's the best uh, movie of the year. Um, but I think it's going to trial of Chicago Seven wins it, probably takes it away. And in the comedy category, it's Borat versus Hamilton. Very strange um, duel there. Hamilton, obviously, just a filmed uh, version of the incredible stage play. So. I, I can't imagine that Borat is going to win a Golden Globe, I, but I want to see Sasha Baron Cohen's speech, so I'm kind of rooting for it. But Hamilton's still an incredible show. And then um, in the uh, in the actor category, I'd love to see Chadwick Boseman. Um, obviously, tragically lost his life this last year. Um, uh, I'd love him to win for Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom uh, and uh, and uh, the aforementioned uh, Nomadland. Chloe Zhao was the director of that movie. I'd love to see her win for director. Again, it's just like, it's an incredible, beautiful, uplifting movie about America and the people who get left behind. Um, but it's not a downer and uh, couldn't recommend it more highly. Golden Globes, Sunday night, NBC, 8 Eastern Time. Damon, thank you for your time. Thanks for stopping by The Rich Eisen Show. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. You know, the, the producer in me had to give Don credit. Because I used to hate it when somebody would say something and it was my idea and they're out in camera and they would, uh, you know, they'd, they'd look like the good ones. So you got to give credit where credit's due. I'm sorry. I've just done every job in the entire world. So I feel like you got to get that conversation out there. We didn't ask Damon Lindelof about TV because we ran out of time because I'm watching the clock. But boy, he's great and so clever. And if you want to look at that article about Lost, if you love Lost, go get it. Because I, I devoured it because I loved Lost. This is a good show today. Peter King, Doc Great Rivers, job. Shaquille O'Neal. Thank Great you. Job. Damon well Lindelof. Done. I want to thank all of you guys because I don't thank think you, you guys get thanked enough. This entire staff at the Rich Eisen Show. I, I really do that. appreciate your time. And I want you all to know there's a lot of people bringing this show to you. And maybe their names aren't mentioned all the time. But I'm greatly appreciative of your time. Thank Liz, you. Liz, Sarah, thank Don, the guys at home, Mike, Sean. Mike Del Tufo, Liz Wald, who runs the booking here. But Liz, I, 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 come on. I helped out here, right? You guys, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait to come back for the Rich Eisen Show. For radio, Rich is back on Monday, unless I uh, don't find the key to the lock.